Welcome to Movies for Days, your non-pretentious, easy-access movie chat podcast. These are the words that begin every episode of Movies for Days, right here at the Movies for Days Network, your weekly deep dive into a different film of any genre, from any decade, with anybody's guess as to how we chose that movie that week. Available now on Spotify, Anchor, Podcast Addict, Audible, CastBox, Google Podcasts, and basically anywhere else podcasts can be heard. So if you're looking for a little less pretentiousness and a little more movie chat to your podcast, look no further than Movies for Days. That's movies as it is, four like the number four, days spelled with a Z. Movies for Days. Check us out on Twitter at Movies Days. Movies is spelled regular, days is spelled with a Z, because we're so cool like that. Our world is dying. Fate has brought you here, John Carter. may be the only one who can save us. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host Kevin. With me as always is Aaron. Hello. You know, right behind you is a picture, uh, a, a pillow of Nick Cage on a couch behind you in this video. And yes. it's like the eyes are staring at me, like, as like they trying to envelop me. It's kind of freaking well, me out a little bit. And you bit. say these things as if I just woke up here like it was a horror movie. Like, how did I get, wait a minute, what's in the room? How you got all happen? these damn, like, plushies. Like, somehow you got a bunch of six-year-olds. And then there's a sequin Johnny Cage. Uh, Not, Johnny Cage. <laughs> Not Johnny Cage. <laughs> That's Mortal Kombat, isn't it? <laughs> it is Mortal Kombat. No, it's funny about my Nick Cage sequin pillow is we've had it for like years. We bought it for fun a couple of years ago. And Wasn't we it from one of that family Christmas uh, white elephants? It might have been. Um, but we went and saw that Nick Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yes. And there's a scene where Pedro Pascal is leading Nicolas Cage through his Nick Cage memorabilia-like warehouse. And there's the pillow <laughs> right on the shelf. And they like look at it. And indicate because if, if you, it's one of those pills where it's like if you brush it and the picture kind of goes away because the sequence shift, whatever. Right. And Nick Cage's like, oh, and kind of rubs his face off. Pedro's like, no, no, no. And like kind of rubs it back, puts uh, to the face, like, reappears like, and puts it back on the shelf. Oh, my God. I just thought of a brilliant idea. What if you, you moved it one way and the eyes are closed and you move it the other way and the eyes open up? You can do all sorts of crazy stuff if you're Holy so inclined. Holy shit. How is that uh, movie anyway? Because it looked ridiculous. You know what? Okay. We're like, the audience doesn't know what we're talking about. But I will tell you this. It is more fun than you think it will be. Let me put it that way. It's mm. not like Just hilarious. It's not hilarious, hilarious knee slapper. But for the most part, it's pleasant. It, it's very pleasant and enjoyable. Is this is how it I, pleasant I because you're obsessed with Nick Cage, or is it pleasant for non-Cageians? I think it'd be pleasant for anybody. Honestly, right. it's it's because you know I what mean, it is. Pedro Pascal is pleasant. This is this Pedro came Pascal's out right before, great. right before his uh, super daddy bear uh, thing on The Last of Us. Yeah, that's exactly the, the super daddy. Bloody daddy. That's what. It is. 
<laughs> no, it's that's become my thing. If I see a comedy or comedy adjacent film and I'm not like, oh, it's hilarious. I'm rolling in the aisle every two seconds, but I still enjoy it because it doesn't. You know what it is? It's it's comedies that that don't have the jokes land, obviously, are a bummer. Right. When there's a, yeah. something that's meant to be funny and you're like, so you were that, saying you like comedies that aren't necessarily funny. That, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> Damn your eyes. No, but you know what I'm saying? It's like there's like a level where the jokes are maybe aren't up here, but they're kind of here. And you're like, oh, well, that's kind of fun. You know what I mean? Where that's kind of the level. And that's I think that's this movie is it's like kind it's of just a, escapism. It's fun. It's fun, but don't go into it thinking you're going to, it's like coming to America or something where you're just like, which I've never seen. Is that which good? I, I, when you tell me that it drives me crazy. I can't, they are you a member ridiculous. of our family? I was it's, very sophisticated at the time that came uh, out. I saw art films and, and foreign films. So I, I argue coming to America, maybe the funniest comedy of all time. You know, I'm going to watch it that. eventually and I'll be like, Kevin says this is the funniest movie that's ever been created in the history of cinema. And yep. I'm going to be super disappointed and then I'm going to burn your house down. Well, I mean, ironically, when I saw Coming to America, the sequel, which you have to use the hand signal because it's confusing otherwise because they both sound the same. <gasps> Not nearly as funny, but pleasant, but pleasant. So there you go. Anyway, we're 30 minutes into the podcast. This week, we'll be discussing the science fiction classic, John Carter starring uh, Taylor Kitsch, uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, Dominic West, others. <laughs> Each week on uh, the podcast, though, and now we discuss uh, guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genres with a comedic twist, we hope. We're on YouTube, which some of you may be watching us, and you can listen to us as a podcast. So whatever, uh, whatever rubs your genie, rubs your genie. That's not a saying. Anyway, Aaron, no, one, no I, one's rubbing my genie. <laughs> Aaron, how are you doing? Oh my god, I'm a, I'm a little tired, and I'm wearing the same outfit I wore yesterday. And this is yesterday's makeup. I just kind of did a little. To remove oh, lovely. anything. Lovely. I was a little tired. I'm a little tired. I went to see uh, Real Toto with Fake Journey. I do like Real Toto. And I've heard it's not Fake G uh, Journey. It's just, it's not Steve Perry. It's Real Journey with not Steve Perry, correct? Yes. Whatever. So that's you real. It's real. It's not like Super Diamond or something, right? Yachty by Nature. It is. It, 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 it's very difficult when you lose your iconic lead singer. It is. It is. is it but they six without Dennis D. Young. I mean, ACDC managed to make the transition. I think it's real if you then go on to make new successful albums with your sound alike. I say it's a cover band. Otherwise. You know I, what I'm saying? ACDC got a sound alike, but then went on and had other hits. They did Journey, not, okay. unfortunately, did not. Brian Johnson is not just a sound alike for Bon Scott, first of all. Let me let me stop you right there. First for of all, he does sound an awful lot like he, he bon sounds. Scott. He has a similar thing going on, but he brings his own flavor to it. I mean, it's flavor, not like... Flavor. 
<laughs> it's not like they got rich litter, <laughs> rich litter, rich little or rich litter, either one to, uh, to step in. It's not like an impressionist or something, but no. Okay. This is neither here nor there. We're all over the map. I, for some reason, started listening to the beach boys <laughs> a little while ago, just not their whole oeuvre. No, but a no. Couple, couple songs they, that I really they enjoyed. They got a couple songs. A couple bangers. Um, and then I quickly realized that their like peak was only a couple years, honestly, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And Franklin Brian Wilson was only touring for even a fewer number of those years. But so he was that, still writing. I think that's the most he was. Thing. He was still he was still writing uh, through the late '60s. But by like the mid '70s, they were basically like a, like an old timers band where they had no oh, more yeah. new hits and were just touring. So it was like ten years later. Like they had pet sounds in like 66 by like 73. They're like, eh, we're just doing the hits. We're good. Cause we don't have Brian. Brian Wilson wasn't writing for them anymore. So it was just like, well, mm. he, he suffered with mental illness. I just he watched had, this yes. terrible movie with John Cusack playing Brian Wilson. Yeah. If you can believe it. <laughs> that is correct. Past children pass on it. It was it's super very creepy. Sad. Well, and also when you're the beach boys, you know, and you were like, you know, we don't really want to do kind of surfing songs anymore. Now what do well, we do? Right. So and you shouldn't have to, but no. if your next songs, I mean, there are bands that morph and say, F you, uh, uh, we're, we're writing songs that we like versus right. we're chasing our hits. You know what I mean? You have to have a certain level of self-satisfaction. Hopefully, hopefully they invested well, hopefully. but yeah, I, uh, ho it's like I saw Asia a couple years, 10 years ago, maybe. It was the heat of the moment? It was a new album. I'm like, dudes, these suck. <laughs> and then begrudgingly, they threw out a heat of the moment, a couple other hits. Uh, but they were dead inside while they sang it. Their eyes just went like kind of gray and matte and the, the spirit left the body. Well, it wasn't like Asia's catalog was that vast to begin with. Well, that's the thing. It's not like Toto's catalog was was vast. The Devil You Say. They have the, at least eight hits that I appreciate. I, I'm, I'm going to say three and a half because I just heard them last night. And I'm going to pull up three you. and a half. We've but talked the about interesting this, thing is the lead singer of Toto is the voice of Simba in The Lion King. You mean the singing voice? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, is Matthew Broderick the lead singer of Toto? No, he Could was the be. singing voice in the Disney film. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, let's get this train back on the tracks. Give us your 30 second. Hang on, uh, I'm not quite finished. So I was no. bored as hell with Toto, which which I had full memory of being a kid, going to the record store and buying an eight track of Toto, their first album. Their okay, first time? Yeah. So, and and the record store dude mocked me, as they do. Yes. Toto? <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, I just want to give my two cents. I was not that into seeing Journey. I mean, it's just one of the most overplayed bands in the world. I love Journey. And, and oh I God. used to love Journey. Um, but they were bringing their game. They have a huge catalog. Mm -hmm. Huge catalog. But the only my only complaint was Neil Schoen, uh everything ended up being the song is three minutes, but it was followed with a seven minute uh Neil Schoen guitar, guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, time to sit down. <laughs> 
Toto was was like, everybody stand up. Here comes our hit. Now you can relax for the next couple of songs. Told everybody they could just sit down. Oh, really? <laughs> they already know. And the other amusing thing was like the lead guitarist kid married like the piano player of Journey's daughter. Oh, that's interesting. Fun okay. fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Anyway, it's kind of like it. Dennis Wilson allegedly married uh, his cousin, Mike Love's daughter. Did you know that? <laughs> allegedly, well, before he died. Who's anyway. the piano player? The killer? Jerry Lee? 13-year-old cousin? Jerry Lee Lewis, yes, his 13-year-old first cousin. Good times. There you go. 30-second synopsis. <laughs> I don't know. A, a John Carter is, I don't know, uh, a Civil War dude or something. Yes, and he goes dude. into a cave to make meth or something. Probably. And then uh, an ancient alien shows up and he's transported into the time of Dune and hijinks ensues. And, and now all of a sudden he's, he's like a pacifist. But that ends up being like a genocide dude. He ends up from not wanting to fight the Red Men to doing a full genocide on other Red Men and is somehow the hero and then uh, is transplanted back into the cave, which I'm sure is from the English patient, where he's all old and crusty because apparently your body stays behind and you're just astral projecting. It's literally like, don't worry, dar darling, but no one's checking on your body. The end. That works. That works. Now, had you even heard of this movie before? Isn't John Carter like the dude from Northern Exposure who married the chick from Nanny, uh, I don't know, Brooke, uh, Bo Derek? Are you talking about the actor or the yes. character or what are you talking about? I don't about? know. It's like I, that name sounded familiar, but I didn't associate it with this movie that I've never heard of. Okay. You're asking if John Carter is John Corbett from yes, Northern Exposure? Yes, maybe that's what I was thinking. The so guy who's also on Sex in the City? Is that what you're yes. saying? Yes. No. This is Taylor Kitsch, who you know from, or maybe you don't know, from Friday Night Lights. He was no. Tim Riggins, the uh, no. tailback. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to watch that bullshit? Come on, I already told you, I'm, very, I'm a very sophisticated lady. And high school sports Texas TV series? No. He, now give me a little Melho's Place back in the day. That, that, that's a Melho's juicy bitch. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch, uh, it's funny because he, the Friday Night Lights is a very successful uh, TV show based upon a very successful movie. That came out. Which I also didn't see. I know that's hard for you to believe. It's it's a different cast, though, more or less. It was like the, like the, the movie inspired the TV show kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and Taylor Kitsch was, was allegedly one of the breakout stars of uh, Friday Night Lights. So there was a period right after he left Friday Night Lights where they're like, you are now the star of movies. And in the same year, he was in John Carter... And he was in a movie called Battleship, based upon the famous Hasbro uh, board game, where he was the star of both these movies. And both these movies were colossal failures. Let me, like, let me just translate this for you. You're very popular, but we're not very confident on your skills. So we're going to throw a couple pieces of shit at you. If you can make something out of it, maybe something in the future. 
Wrong. Uh, but otherwise, no. you're going to disappear. Wrong. They did not throw him. Here's a little something for you. These are like $500 million movies. They, they were They terrible. were putting their entire like budget for the year Someone on him says, carrying these movies. I'm going to make a movie based on the board, the game Battleship. First of all, that sounds insane. Why yes, not? We're going to base a $500 million CGI movie on, on uh, Snakes and Ladders. My, or when I was a kid, they called it Shoots and Ladders. It, it's Snakes way. and Ladders is British. I don't know why that popped into my head at first. <laughs> I didn't want to pause and thinking, no, it's not Snakes and Ladders here. <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with that. But that was the thing. It was like in the course of one year, they put him in these huge, big budget, like massive budget movies. And where people are like, these sound like horrible ideas to begin horrible. with. Horrible. And he doesn't have the sense to say, this sounds like a horrible idea. Well, he's not in a place where he's like, I'm turning thing, I'm turning down movies just yet in his career. <laughs> he's not. He literally was like the, a TV star trying to make the transition to movies. And if they come in and say... Take it slow, brother. Take it slow. At least read the f- script. Okay, least, let me just ask you this, because I don't please. know this name. Yes. Still working today? He still acts. He's still in movies, and you know, okay, he was in um, uh, True. What is that? Uh, oh, damn it! Not True Crime. What was the the HBO true show? True Romance. Not True Romance. True Detective. True Detective. He was in season two well, bless him. of True, bless Detec- him. true Detective. And he's that still was what, acting. Ten years ago. That was ten years ago, right? He's still acting. He's he didn't like retire or anything, bless but him. he's not. They're not giving him the keys to the city anymore. No. Now, again, having watched I don't say it's movies, necessarily his fault, but sometimes you have to be discerning. I mean, sometimes you get along well with people, i.e. Nick Cage. They just keep throwing shit at you. He's going to be working. <laughs> well, He's going to be 175 be years stuff. old. They're going to wheel him in like Hannibal Lecter and still hand him a check. That is true. Like what they do with Bruce Willis, sadly, uh, where it was like literally you come in, work for two days. You don't know what's going on. We'll give you a cool mill just to put your name on the poster. Or is this just other people making money after? There's that, too. Yes. Where he's basically just a puppet on a string. he, he, He doesn't need it. Well, and at this point, he can't really do anything. He can't he can't even do that anymore. That's the the sad story about that. But so Taylor Kitsch did these movies and you could tell, I mean, John Carter having watched this movie. Okay. Let's go back. So you never based on a book or something or a video game or a cartoon. John, the John Carter series are a series of books. They're the other series written by Edgar Rice Burroughs who wrote Tarzan. All right. So he had, he had the Tarzan series. He had, um, the John Carter series. And I think unless I'm misremembering, he had the at the earth's core series of books as well. Like there was that movie, um, with uh, the center of the earth. It wasn't, they were similar journey center center of the earth was, uh, Jules Verne where they like, they went down to like some caves beneath the earth. Whereas I think at the earth's core, they have like, what's called like a steel mole, like a thing with a big drill on the front. Like a, it's a tank that kind of drives down into the earth. They made a movie in the seventies with, uh, Peter Cushing and, um, Oh God damn it. What is his name? I can't remember, but there was the, so he wrote 
Edgar Rice Burroughs, famous novelist, wrote these different series. Now, he's most famous for Tarzan. And that's why Tarzana is called Tarzana, because that's where his ranch was. Tarzana. What? Yeah. I actually did not know that. That's That's a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Well, and you think, when you hear the name Edgar Rice Burroughs, you think he's British, but he's not. He's an American. Just American from 100 years ago. It's a hyphenated name. It makes you sound fancy. It's it's a fancy, fancy. So you had never even heard of this, is what you're saying. No. I had heard of it. And I remember the movie coming out, but I wasn't. And again, the book series are called John Carter of Mars, is what they're called over the series. They shortened the title to just John Carter. And then I guess overestimated that the people who would go see a movie like this, knowing, knowing anything about John Carter is essentially, well, I mean, the, that's where publicity comes in. Right. I mean, that's, there's a lot of movies that people don't know nothing about until they see their advertisements. Right. Well, and they usually make an effort. Did to you like, know what Sophie's choice was going to be? Did you think it was going to be chicken nugget nuggets or a hamburger? I thought it was chicken nuggets, if I have to be honest. <laughs> That's what I thought they were talking about. Um, so, no, I remember I remember the movie coming out, and I remember not doing well. And then we got Disney Plus on a couple years ago, and it was one of the movies because it's a Disney movie. And I watched it, and I was like, okay. So I had actually seen this once before. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about our ratings later. But I was I was familiar with this movie prior to this watch. But you would, you're going in cold. I'm going in cold. No idea. I did no research. I, I let it wash over me. Just, just luxuriate in the madness? No. And, and it, it did not absorb. It's like my skin had a protective coating and it washed away from me. It washed away from me. That'll it would do not it. absorb. Okay, we're 20 minutes in. So why don't we jump right into well, the highlights? In, I, I started to reach for my phone. I'm like, I mm, wonder what's on the ticker talker. You did send me a text message saying, I'm bored already. Was I, your first It, it was like the first three minutes. I was like, oh, f- <laughs> what is this shit? So get, let's as soon as I saw Brian before. Cranston, I was like, what hijinks are ensuing here? Were you and he's in five minutes the of the movie. I he know. pops in at the beginning and then he, you never see him again. You see a skeleton. Later. Well, you got to remember, Brian Cranston was an he was like the the hardest working man in showbiz, but but before he got super famous, so he was literally in everything. Mm-hmm. He would show up. He was in Seinfeld, and then he had his own series with Malcolm in the Middle. He was everywhere. Every series, Brian Cranston appeared in. But this is this is like uh, post um, Breaking Bad. This is him is trying to give yes. This isn't that long ago. This became like 10 years ago. I was going to write this off as, oh, this is probably some early 90s bullshit. No. This is, what? The quality is terrible. (laughs) What the hell? I thought it was, I didn't even look at the year. I thought this was some old timey shit. No. This is like 2012. They said, Brian, I got a bag of money. Would you like that? Okay. Well, and you figure, I mean, Breaking Bad was a huge show. So you figure he's going to be like a main character in this movie. Spoiler alert, he is not. That's like Psycho when this. the main character gets killed off. Your biggest star gets killed off in you know, the first 20 minutes. That is true. Poor uh, Janet Lee. 
that, but that that's okay. Let me tell you this. Scrolling through the cast list, David Schwimmer plays yes, an alien. Yes, I saw that. And I don't know who. I was like trying to figure out who's the Schwimmer in this because he's like a green alien with with four arms. John Favreau. Yes. Uh, Oh, it's another alien. Same thing. Have no idea who who they're playing. They probably have like one line and it's like blink if you Which miss Which is it. ridiculous because now you're spending all this money, unless they're agreed to do scale, you're spending all this money on all these people for one liners or one sentence or whatever. It's totally unnecessary. I I mean, because it is. It's like an inside joke. It's something you can laugh with about your, you know, with your buddies after the fact, it, where the but audience see, is going to miss it. I could see Favreau being into that because he's yeah. into all that stuff. But I agree. But what about the Schwimmer? rest of them? Yeah, Schwimmer was just like, I got to pay the bills what, too. What, what this stuff is? He's not reading Edgar Rice Burroughs. He might oh, be. Dude, that's my favorite. No, I'm going to go right out on a limb and say no. He never. No, heard can't of this. do. Um. Okay, I'm going to jump right in. I found it fascinating that on Mars, breathable atmosphere, mm-hmm. no problems at all, mm-hmm. and all the quote-unquote human-like people all just speak English. So that's good to know. No, they gave them... No, no, they don't speak English. They gave him that slop. That was... He couldn't understand the green Tark people with the four arms. But at the beginning of the movie, when there's a battleship where they're fighting, shooting lasers, they were already speaking English. So this is my theory, because I thought about this. Because right now, planets in in front of the sun are too hot. Yes. Planets behind the the Earth are too cold. Yes. So maybe this is, we're actually not in the future, but we're in the past. So maybe there was one other planet before Mercury. You know what I'm saying? So Mars is slightly. All right. So my theory with the universe is oh, eventually all these planets get pulled into the sun, right? It takes a long time. Based on, where do you base this upon? Just your own my, weird. My personal thoughts. Okay. So my theory is that there was a planet before Mercury. So the planets are moved over one tick and that would make Mars the livable planet. Interesting. So Interesting in my theory. idea, then Earth is over is farther away. So at this point in time, Earth is too cold. Interesting. So I I say they've gone back million a million years in t- in time. And that makes them speak that. English? Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's why English is the best. <laughs> That's why English is the best. Now, did you understand why John Carter could just leap around? Well, what the gravity. idea was, but it has a different gravity, but it only affects you like the first 15 minutes you land on the planet. Well, I guess we're because so yeah, he gets to to Mars and he's like unable to basically walk because his 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 stride is so powerful it kind of leaps him forward like a frog. But eventually he gets it together. But it's 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 also like he's supposed to be super strong. Like at one point he punches one of the green aliens and just kills it with one shot. Boom. Uh, but later in the movie, he's having sword fights with people and that don't see a lot of super strength in those moments. So I don't know no, what's happening. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, what if he, is he Superman? 
he could be Superman. Because remember, Superman able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Single bound. Yes. Right. Because Superman originally couldn't fly. Did you know that? It seems to me like at least in the old cartoons, that was it. He could leap. Right. Didn't say he could fly. Yes, his power. Superman's powers, apropos of nothing, have changed drastically. uh, You know, since his first uh, creation, he didn't fly. Then later uh, on, he could shoot laser beams out of his eyes yes, he, and all kinds of crazy shit. He had x-ray vision eventually, but then he could change the x-ray vision just because it's like, you know, it's x-rays. It's like radiation. Now he could just shoot like lasers. It becomes heat vision eventually. Can he so just use... see people naked? Like you don't go look at their skeleton. You just look at them without their clothes on. Well, if you give somebody an x-ray... Do you see just through their clothes and then just see their, their naked flesh? You underneath? see outlines of boobuses and dangling Do you? bits. You That's not enough. Outlines. I don't want to just see an outline if I have x-ray vision. You just want the x-ray to see through the clothes. That's so all I just, need. Everybody's just walking around naked. Naked? Well, not everybody. I want to be able to turn it off every now and again, <laughs> depending on who walks in the room. Um Oh, sweet Jesus. There's a lot I wrote down about this where I'm just like, what the heck does this really? mean? Because I wrote down four things. So that they refer to the human-like people as like the red people. Is that because they were all kind of tan? Is that the idea what we're talking well, about? And and that seemed to be the theme. They had red tattoos. They were wearing red things. And it's very specific because right. he was protesting killing of the red men back on planet Earth. Yes. And now he experiences other red men which he has no problem just doing a full like genocide with and he also killed about the almost the entire population of the weird llama things they look like what was that horrible green thing from star wars that had the jamaican accent jar jar binks (laughs) So it's a whole pl- uh, platoon of Jar Jar Binks that he also massacred. Yes. Jar Jar yes. with, with uh, he didn't get his wisdom teeth removed. That is correct. Well, and that's it. Okay, look, I'm not familiar on the skills of your average Confederate soldier in World War II, but he is he is a master swordsmith, to say the least. I mean, he, he is slicing and dicing against people who have been using swords their entire life. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's kicking ass. He's a right? He's not. He isn't sword-proof. We, at least we haven't established. You get stabbed, he can still get stabbed, right? But does he die in both worlds? That, okay, so that's the other thing about this movie. I think in the books, it is kind of a, he goes into a dream and then wakes up in Mars kind of thing. So it's I think like they were trying to... It's like an astral projection. It is an astral, astral projection project. kind of thing. And, and it's that's, Don't Worry Darling, where you're just asleep and you're living in this fantasy world. Except yes. here, nobody's cleaning. Well, and no one's feeding you or anything. I mean, so he, when he eventually goes back to Earth, He's all stiff and crunchy. You know, Brian Cranston is literally a skeleton in the corner. Yeah. Like, how long He's has he been gone? A and how... So, wouldn't he also be a skeleton? Yes. <laughs> no one's feeding your body or giving it water. You're in a cave in the desert, probably being you haven't eaten moved by in coyotes. Years. Yeah, yes. He, he was getting up like he was a cicada and just chunks were, of filth were breaking like a mummy. off of him. He was essentially a mummy. Yeah, they didn't they didn't explain all that that stuff. So, good grief. Um, 
It's not science nonfiction. <laughs> and that's the thing about this movie. It's like they said they were trying to make it because I guess the director slash writer was a huge fan of this series of novels. So he's like, I want it to be as, you know, true to the books as it is. And then people argue that it's not anything like the books at all. So who the hell knows? It makes no sense. I've never read the books, so I can only I can't comment on it at all. Honestly, it 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 really does feel like an older movie. I mean, it's it feels like I don't want to say Raiders of the Lost Ark, but don't say that. Not, there's no quest or anything. But I mean, that's that was an amazing movie. Yes, this not John not, Carter. Not John Carter. <laughs> not John it, Carter. This, you know what this smells like as Please. far as those kind of fake period adventure movies. You know, there's there's your your peak at Raiders, the original Raiders. I agree. Then they started having these things like King Solomon's Mine. <laughs> it was Richard Chamberlain. Uh, and then Romancing the Bone and all which these was, other things. And then this is like the most current one. You figure people get better at writing, making movies, which is literally the worst. Well, the the guy basically, and this happens a lot. This was the guy who had successfully brought like Finding Nemo to the stage or to the screen, I should say. He was he was stage? Pixar and on stage. He was uh, he was he was a Pixar guy. Okay, so he was he was the director of Pixar. This is his first live action thing that he did, and they gave him carte blanche to do whatever he wanted to do, and that was a problem. I mean, and I'll say this. I'm not sure that Taylor Kitsch as John Carter is all that electrifying to watch. Yeah, he's kind of boring. He's not that interesting. And I don't know if that's the writing, if that's his style. You've seen him in other stuff. Is he compelling? I, or did they hire him because they thought he was cute? I mean, it could be as simple as that, right? I mean, he's supposed to be from Virginia, but the actor's from, like, Vancouver or something. So it's like, it doesn't... Hey, knock it off, hose heads. I'm a boot <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Take off, eh? Take off, eh? Yeah. So that's... Which is not how they speak in Vancouver, as far as I know. But that's neither here, here nor is that there. Racist? Are we racist against uh, Some of us are. Well, think... quite frankly, it is other Canadians who gave us these stereotypes. So we have to that believe is true. the truth. They're to blame. Um, so he uh, he is a unwilling fighter. Because I guess he was in the Confederacy. The Confederacy lost. And then kind of there's a flashback scene where it's like his wife and child are killed in a fire. Do we know what? <laughs> we don't didn't know. really explain he what the away. story was. He was so away. He was the Confederacy lost, so he already is like a crazy racist. So, and then he joined the Union Army, or they no. captured him. No, and they captured him and wanted him to work with them. And then the commander knows him, and they're buddies. Okay, did from I, what did I can I gather, my phone too soon. I mean, yeah, I think what, you what might How does everyone know him? Okay, from what I can gather, he was a soldier. They lost, obviously. And then his house burned down because, I don't know, his wife left the iron on. There's no she explanation what happened. On. I don't Something know. happened. She fell asleep on the stove. I don't she know. was smoking in bed. Who knows what happened? But whatever the case may be, 
he <laughs> he comes back. His family, his, his home is burned. They're all dead. So at that point, from what I gather, he goes west to like what Arizona or New Mexico or something to become a crispy old prospector looking for gold. And while he's there, he becomes he become gets like an affinity for the local Apache that live there. Is okay. this like Little Big Man or something? It's like Little Big Man with the it Dustin is, it's Hoffman. A, it, it's Dances with Wolves. It is. It's, it's exactly dances, what they're going for. Dances with Costners. So Brian Cranston is the colonel of, it's not the Union Army anymore, it's just the Army, uh, who is trying to recruit uh, Taylor Kitsch to be like his guide, kind of a Jeremiah Johnson kind of situation. Like, hey, you know, but... For some reason, every time he tries to have a conversation with Taylor Kitsch, he's like flipping out, fighting him, jumping out the window. It's just like, what the? So they finally just try to arrest him. And then he but escapes anyway. it seems anyway. like they're besties. Well, eventually, it again, not a lot of explanation. Just because of hijinks? I'm pretty sure the army back then, they just beat you to death if you tried to run off. So but he wasn't in the army. So they Shanghai him? I yes. know. They're they Shanghaiing just... him, except there's no ship to put him on, so they're going to put him in a cage until he until he gets his shit a together. translator until he calms down, basically until he <laughs> just calm. Let me get the, the words out. Yes, the gypsum weed. He's very agitated, and he's so he he escapes from the jail, steals the Brian Cranston's horse, and then they all chase him. And of course, they turn the corner, and there's a bunch of Apache waiting there. And uh, Taylor Kitsch is having a conversation with the Apache like guy. And of course, one of the soldiers just shoots one of the Native I was Americans for, it. for no reason. For no reason. Always. But of course, anarchy breaks. Everyone's killing each other. Taylor Kitsch bolts, runs off. Uh, Brian Cranston tries to follow him and gets shot. And then Taylor Kitsch is like, I know I've been fighting you and you threw me in a cage, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to save you. For some reason, grabs the gun, uh, bullet riddled Brian Cranston. They gallop off. All of the Apache follow. I guess they just they took care of all the soldiers in five seconds. Right. Uh, follow them to a cave where they go. Oh, there's the cave of the spider that has the spider symbol, or whatever. I thought it was. Um, a and in, I will say and, spider. But that's what they, he kept saying. It's a spider. But you're right. It's obviously the sun. And in that cave, that's when they discover. That's where he discovers. Uh, all the thing. And then the weird alien dude appears and tries to kill Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch shoots the guy and takes his medallion and says Barsoom, which is how they He was just is... repeating what the, the dude was saying. That's correct. He repeated what the alien dude says and is instantly transported to Mars for the you know vast majority of this movie. So there it is. Good times had by all. <laughs> All right, couple of things. Please. Did the alien not look like to serve mankind alien? Not at all. He's dressed exactly <laughs> like that. They, they're skinny <laughs> with, with tusks and forearms. The alien. The, the, the wise, bald people. They not also the did, they had big not, old weird heads to serve man. What are you talking about? They are dressed exactly, first of all, they dress exactly oh, like the Twilight Zone to serve mankind. And I also find it very interesting because, of course, it's all men doing these films. So bald, bald <laughs> men are always the wise wizards in every way. I think we can agree. 
<laughs> Hashtag facts. Hashtag Abs- facts. Hashtag Trump. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, I didn't say that. <laughs> so that, but you that bring smells, up the that's, point. That smells like a Trump fact. <laughs> oh, fake news. Is that what you're saying? Fake news. Fake Interesting. News. <laughs> um, but so there was, the, there's a weird thing that's not fully explained that there are these people who are immortal who are coming down to help the bad guys. Yes, to serve mankind. Right. This so seems like, the, wasn't there another movie, the one that was filmed in Iceland, where there was like this kind of overlord that was changing the balance of the scales? Maybe. Or is that, that's also Game of Thrones, where there's this whole group just trying to maintain the balance. So that's, it's some, it's something like that, but we don't know who they are or where they come from or what their ultimate goals are. Other than you say like, oh, well, you know, sometimes planets, you know, have their peaks and then their valleys and a lot of yada, yada. It was yeah. like, who the they've f- just, okay. then why are you interfering if it always happens? <laughs> it, it's, it's true. Populations rise. As it rises, people get more violent until the thing collapses. And then none of it makes any GD sense. None of it makes any GD sense. There was a bizarre moment where the green aliens find John Carter, who again can break chains with his hand. He can jump around. He's throwing people a hundred miles. He's captured. How? Not fully explained. When later on, there's literally a sea of jar jars enveloping him, and he's killed like a hundred thousand of them, just in piles of bodies all around him. He's covered in the bodies of people. Yeah, yes, for hours. But they're able to do it with just I don't know, grabbing his hands. Let's go. And then they, they they treat him like he's a baby. So they dip him in some stuff and shave him and splash him with. Talcum powder? I don't know what was happening. What he was, and yet they knew of the other people. Who look exactly the same. Right. Who look exactly the same, but he confused them. Yes. (laughs) None of it makes any sense. This movie is is ridiculous and madness. Um, Now, that being said, it was ridiculous, but it's also very long. So it's got that going for it. <laughs> that it do. Um, and then there's a weird like weapon that the immortal aliens give the bad aliens, where it's like just a blue web that goes on your hand and you can shoot lasers at Is that the... Thanos or something? It's some or kind of Thanos, Thanos thing. Or is Thanos the, the, the lady who invented the machine? I can't remember. That's the Ranos, right? The <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the little blue pill or whatever it's it was. Thanos and Theranos. That's too close together. There has the to same be a difference. It's a different universe. It's a different part of the Marvel universe. <laughs> Do you have any last <laughs> thoughts before we move on with our lives? Uh, I thought there was a shitty nod to Braveheart when he pulled up, Kate crawled through the the white monkey was all blue with a sword. You know, <laughs> I thought he was he was doing some Braveheart bullshit. <laughs> he does not get a scratch in this movie he's shirtless the entire time he's a master swordsmith he's jumping around but again it's like 
these movies are, are crazy like this. He's he jumping has around strength. like Tiny Hulk in, in, yes. in, in those movies. Yes. Being, being like the Thor movies where it's like, bing, 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 Like bing. a giant flea where he's just bouncing around. Um, but it's like. And the, the Tiny Hulk was much more enjoyable. The Tiny Hulk, <laughs> exactly. He, he has super strength when the plot calls for it, but they when they want him to struggle and not be quite so easy, then the strength seems to leave him and he's just normal human strength. Ridiculous. Honestly, the only good strength. thing about this entire movie is the weird newt dog, which normally I don't give a shit about animals and, and this kind of thing. But for some reason, I love the little newt dog. I That's did the like the little crazy dog. That's it was the like, only reason. Everybody else it, sucks. It was just bizarre and strange. Shall we go behind the scenes? Oh, please. Who is, who is stupid who? <laughs> that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> while filming at Big Water in Utah, the crew accidentally discovered a 60-foot-long sauropod dinosaur skeleton. Oh, Look at that. Just accidentally. That. That's nice. Um, let's see. The rights of the novels have since reverted to the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate which is still game to try to turn the books into a successful uh, movie franchise. Because it was not successful this time. And very sad. Uh, financially. Think, you know what? This is what you need to do. Lay it on me. You need to go back to the old Sam Raimi TV days. Sam Raimi could do something with this. This could I mean, be anybody a could. new Xena. No, but I, I want I want a Sam Raimi redo. Because those were classics. <laughs> okay, that's were fair, classics. fair enough. Uh, let's see. Financially, the film Campbell is considered... Ca cameo, perhaps? He's available. He is available. The film is considered one of the largest box office losses in Disney history. Even though the film performed stronger than it's expected outside the U.S., it contributed to Disney Studios Entertainment Division reporting an $84 million loss in the first quarter of 2012. Uh, loss was attributed hey, to marketing. You could feed a, a small country. With this kind of shit. There's nobody supervising what's going on. Are people they, watching dailies? For God's sake. Andrew Stanton, the writer-director, confessed that he wasn't too satisfied with how the movie turned out. And he confessed that part of the problems came from a first-time live-action director being drunk with power. <laughs> and that's he's referring to himself. Exactly. In the third person. That's nice. Still drunk <laughs> that's power, always a bad apparently. sign. When you refer so to yourself right. the third person. It was it was Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. The horror. The horror. Um, for each of the super jumps that Taylor Kitsch performed, he was attached to a harness that allowed him to free fall at a speed of 80 miles per hour, which Kitsch apparently found unpleasant. Hmm. Yeah, I Too bet he did. Fling him into outer space because this was terrible. Um, Edgar Rice Burroughs originally wrote these stories using a pseudonym because he was afraid he'd get ridiculed for writing such a tale. There you go. Um, Willem Dafoe accepted the role of Tars Tarkas, which is the, the friendly alien chieftain, because he thought it was... Unrecognizable. I, I his went voice. to look up the cast. I didn't really? recognize his voice at all. No. Oh, I absolutely did. I knew that was Willem Dafoe instantly. Uh he thought it'd be interesting for him to act while wearing pajamas and walking on stilts. So that's what he, oh, <laughs> that's what he had to do. Womp womp. Uh, Robert Zemeckis turned down the chance to direct this movie, saying that George Lucas had already pillowed, pillaged all of that from the, with uh, the Star Wars films. Basically took all the best uh, parts yeah. of 
John Carter. Oh, they thought they'd squeeze that stone just a little bit, a little bit harder. Um, studio executive Rich Ross resigned his position at Disney Studios <laughs> weeks after Disney predicted they'd lose $200 million on this project. So there you go. Terrible. Upon getting the director's position, Andrew Staten told Disney, I'm not going to get it right the first time. I'll tell you that right now. He was right. <laughs> How about something a little bit smaller? They're like, they were they were drunk with power, too. They're like, oh, he did Nemo. He's going to make us so much money. Let's just give him the key to the castle. Very upsetting. Should we talk about the cast? All right. Or let's, start, let's start with the crew, actually. Andrew Stanton was the writer-director. You know him from such things as Wally, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, A Bug's Life. He did like basically a, a ton of uh, of the Pixar films that were so successful. I guess that's why they felt, hey, we can just pass along the uh, the torch to you, big guy. I mean, th- this could have been animated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about the cast. Taylor Kitsch played John Carter. You know him from such magnificent films as X-Men Origins Wolverine, John Didn't Carter, no. <laughs> Battleship, no. and 68 episodes of Friday Night Lights. No. Okay, so he's a stranger to me. <laughs> no. I can put him my car, look at him before dialing 911 and have no clue. Uh, Lynn Collins played Deja Thoris. It's interesting because she looks, she has like black hair and dark skin in the movie. She's blonde haired, blue eyed woman in real life. So that's always interesting. You know her from X-Men Origins Wolverine, Uh (laughs) John Carter. Uh, She played Portia in The Merchant of Venice. And she was in the number 23, the weird movie with, uh, uh, oh crap. What's his name? Jim Carrey. Oh, God. I hate Jim Carrey. I hate Jim Carrey, except Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's a good movie. Genius. It's genius. And I did, for lowbrow comedy, I do love the original Dumb and Dumber. It was so... I almost said something that's inappropriate, but it was so stupid. It made Let's me laugh. See. And usually that kind of stuff doesn't make me laugh. Willem Dafoe played Tars Tarkas. One of the, the friendly aliens. He was in Spider-Man. He was at Eternity's Gate, The Florida Project, and The Lighthouse, which I've actually heard a lot of good things about. So and the Wes Anderson so. classic, The Life Aquatic. He was. Yes, Samantha he was. Samantha Morton played Sola, the daughter of the alien chief <laughs> chieftain who's like hanging out with him the whole time. You know her from all sorts of stuff. Hang on. Some, some stuff. <laughs> She will. She was on uh, the Walking she wants Dead. Pump gas over at the the Costco. That is correct. Uh, she was one scene eating some talkies. Where do I? She know was Agatha from? in the Minority Report. <laughs> she was in the Messenger. She was in Cosmopolis, Synecdoche, New York. Um, she was in. You saw Minority Report, didn't you? I saw it on the plane, finally, and then I fell asleep. She was the main, like, uh, prophet or oracle or whatever that Tom Cruise is running around with. And she was on The Walking Dead. She played the leader of the people who wear the zombie faces all the time. So good times. 
They Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church played Tal Hadges. I guess that's his name. He was the alien with the, with the tooth that was broken off. Who was always challenging the other leader. Oh, <laughs> strangely enough, we're going to refer to them as the Jar Jar, the Jar Jar with the broken tooth. Uh, the, the he nemesis. was. You know him from Sideways, Spider-Man yeah. 3, Spider-Man No Way Home. Wings, absolutely. I loved Wings. I thought Wings was so great back in the day. Until he yeah, left, yeah, frankly. Uh, let's see. Dominic West played Sab Than. He's been in a ton of stuff. What's funny is he was like the hero when he was on uh, The Wire. But every movie I see him in, he's kind of the sleazy, slimy villain. You know I him only from watched two, one episode of The Wire. That's as far oh, as I got. It's great. He was sixty episodes as Jimmy McNulty on The Wire. He was in Chicago, The Forgotten, Tomb Wait, Raider. He was in Chicago, the 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 musical. Yep. Who did he play? Fred Castley. Does that mean anything to you? Yes. Oh, oh, I know you're talking. So he was in something about Mary. No. Isn't that him? No. <laughs> oh, no. I'm thinking of somebody else. They do look similar, though. Oh, no. I totally know who, who you're talking about. You're talking about the prince that was going to marry. The evil. Yeah, the evil the, prince. Right. The evil prince. You're right. No, he's the one that promised Renee Zellweger he was going to introduce her to all these people and make her famous uh, as long as she just kept stooping him. She's the one. That's the one who gets shot. That's why she goes to prison. Oh, you know, oh gotcha, gotcha. Yes, I That's why she goes ago. to prison. She, she finds out he's married with four kids. Boom. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, Brian Cranston played Powell. You know him from Breaking Bad, 62 episodes as Walter White. My eighth grade students surreptitiously, but not surreptitiously enough, have been calling me Walter White, which makes me <laughs> want to uh, handle them. Uh Just he WW. Mr. Pretty w. Much. He <laughs> he was for 151 episodes was in Malcolm in the Middle as Hal Wilkerson. It's 151 that he episodes. was there longer as Malcolm in the Middle than for um oh my god for no, Breaking Bad Breaking Bad yeah well I think there were there were more episodes each season I think that's yeah. the thing uh, Argo he was in he was in Trumbo. As Dalton Trumbo. And like we mm -hmm. said, he was Tim Watley from Seinfeld for a handful of episodes. Some of the funniest yep. episodes. Uh, we talked no, about no, no. it briefly. It, it was the... He exposed himself to Elaine. Did he? No, the yeah. one I like... He took it he, out. He took it out. That was Tim Watley? That was, Tim Watley reoccurs a thousand times. And, and it always seems to be like they've forgotten whatever horror he did the last time. No, he was my the favorite dentist. is he's a dentist. Give he him a shtickle fluoride. He was a shtickle. He converted to Judaism just for the jokes. Just for the jokes. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was good stuff. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about the ratings, shall we? John Carter currently has a 52% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what the audience gave it? 42%. 60 Sixty percent. That's still a D. It's not. It's not bad. <laughs> All things considered. Let's talk. Uh, let me look at uh, top critics. Are you ready? Yes. Leonard Malton. 
As one of Pixar's star players, Stanton is an experienced cinematic storyteller, which is why it's disappointing that his first live-action project is so unwieldy at times. Still, still considered a positive score, though, strangely enough. Who knows? Unwieldy. That's the worst he can say? It's a little unwieldy. Oh, here's another one from Leonard Malton. While we can still marvel at the amazing insights laid out before us, it is imperative that we never lose sight of who's who and what's at stake. That turns out to be a tall order. That's true. These, these reviews are useless. You, here's you here's like my. Are you ready? I can't. I'm, I'm jumping in. Okay, go ahead. Jump in. Here's my Aaron Malton review. <laughs> okay. Incoherent, slow, boring. Inconsistent, boring. <laughs> Aaron is giving it uh, one out of fives. I'm going to kick John Carter's ass into the stratosphere and hope he burns into the sun. That seems excessive to me. No. It, se <laughs> it seems like constrained. Don't I... bore me, brother. Don't bore me. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the movie was okay. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was a horrible train wreck. It was obviously not great. Uh, I'm going to give it 2.5 out of 5. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. I mean, yes. It's, it's not horrendous. I mean, you're saying it's a one star. I don't think it's that bad. You know, I just think it's just kind of mediocre. Is how I would describe One it. It was an all-encompassing. It could be. It's boring. And the fact that while I was googling it, there are sequels is most horrifying. There, there were there were going to be sequels, but they got junked. They got well. Then these may have been straight to video or something because I saw <laughs> a John Carter too. Shit. Well, okay, crazy. that's probably some asylum thing where they did like Atlantic Rim and Transmorphers or something. You're Transmorphers. <laughs> they did. They were going to. This was going to be like they, they said. The reason why they called it John Carter and not John Carter from Mars is because uh, this was the kind of the intro to it, and that the sequels would he would start be calling John Carter of Mars. So, such is life. Are you Googling right. something right now? Uh, I'm already Googling something right now. You're right. <laughs> Interesting. The book has an 89% rating. Well, there you go. They're very popular. Very popular. Hmm. Anywho, so thank you very much. Go to our page on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on <laughs> TikTok and Instagram. We're all over the place. We're all we are over the places right. We're doing those WTF videos that you can find on any of the sites that we visit. We do that twice a week. Kevin once has for found our... a special purpose. Everybody has to have a special purpose. And Kevin That's has right. found his. Like Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler. Uh, <laughs> You're good exactly... enough. You're... <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. What was the speech? <laughs> Are you talking about what Stuart Smalley? And no. God, doggone it, people like me. <laughs> He goes in at the end of Boogie Nights and, oh, and, 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 and to psych himself up, and he has to take his giant penis. That's when you finally reveal the giant penis. That's correct. Which, which is taller than Marky Mark. That's sad but true. Sad <laughs> but true. Uh, let's see. We're uh, You can email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at 
Gmail. Gmail. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. And of course, we have our YouTube show that you can check out. So you have that to enjoy as well. So don't forget to like. In future episodes, there'll be less chaos behind me. This is perhaps, or perhaps perhaps. not. Who's to say? There's no guarantee. There are no guarantees at all. That is sad, sad but true. Um, So like, share, rate, and review, and spread the word, won't you? Aaron, do you have social media? I have much media. I'm on the Insta. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. I am also, uh, I almost said I'm plenty of fish. No, I'm not plenty of fish. (laughs) I am, don't feed the pigeon. Uh, you are on plenty I, of fish, though. I Let's am not, honest. but that is where I, I met my ex. Was on uh, plenty of fish back in the <laughs> old days. Um, <sighs> where else am I? I am on Artsy, and I'm on First Dibs. Aaron Doherty, Polaroid Art. Uh, this week, which will be too late by the time this thing airs, it, I'll have work at the Bakersfield Museum of Art for sale. Don't you want to? Call ahead. Call ahead. Purchase something. I price it very high. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's worth every nickel. It's let worth me tell every you. dollar. And we talked about John Carter today. You can also go to the No on 15 all cast and hear more of our views on John Carter, which is available uh, anywhere you find podcasts. I am concerned about this. You know these homies are going to roll in going, this this movie changed my childhood. It's the John Carter's the greatest movie and how <laughs> disrespectful Aaron is by saying it's just a piece of shit. That is pretty much every podcaster's reaction, Aaron's but, Tom Basically, Fullery. my job here is to tell a bunch of men that the movies they think are fantastic are pure crap. That it's Aaron not- has lost the ability to experience joy is basically what, what it comes <laughs> down to. Next week, we'll be doing the science fiction classic, The Last Starfighter, for goodness sake, with oh, Lance Best and Robert Preston. You can Did watch you say that. Lance Bass is in it. With Lance Bass, he helps out when he can. Uh, you can find that pretty much anywhere, but I think you're going to have to. Pay a little something for your efforts on Amazon Prime, Voodoo. Oh, I didn't. I have to pay for Amazon Prime because since I keep ordering a bunch of shit from Amazon, I had some digital credit. So thankfully, I didn't have to pay $4 for this treasure. For this treasure. So watch The Last Starfighter and send in any favorite scenes, favorite quotes, comments, or questions. And we may talk about it on the show. So thank you very much and be well. Bye, babies.